Hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus Podcast. This is episode 29 plus 1, which is 30, sorry. Episode 30, cool. We're going to be talking about sonship and about being a, a son or, and a daughter of God and what that means for us and how we can walk in it. I first want to thank you for listening. We are approaching 50,000 streams. It's incredible to me what the Lord has done through this. And I want to encourage you to come join a community that we're building. Go deeper in your relationship with the Lord and surround yourself with people that are trying to do the same thing. You know, iron sharpens iron, and I'm building this community on faithful. You can uh, find the, the link to that in the description of this podcast. And what we're doing is we are deep diving into my devotional, which is all about identity and uprooting fear and pressing into faith. It's been incredible. Last night we had our monthly Zoom and everyone on there was like, this was so powerful. This was so encouraging. I can't wait for the next one. We have a Discord chat where all of us are texting back and forth through this app. And um, I'm, I check it every day. It's been amazing. And so all of that to say, you should totally join. And it's a great way to support our ministry too. As you may or may not know, this, this could be the first episode you hear. Maybe you've heard them all. But I am an unpaid missionary. And everything I do is based on the generosity of donors like you. And uh, when you give through faithful, there are things you get in return. Now, if you just feel like the Lord wants you to sacrificially give and you want to support our ministry, you can do so through Anchor, through that service, or you can go to my website, shanewinnings.com, and then just hit the give button and you can support us. We are looking for some monthly partners to come alongside us and help us as we raise monthly funds to be able to do ministry uh, on a whole new level. We want to be able to rent tents, and we want to be able to hold revivals, and we want to be able to travel in and see revival happen and, and do amazing expo- exploits for God. But budget is a limiting factor in that. And, uh, you know, we have gained uh, quite a donor base to help support our family, but now we need a donor base to help support our ministry. You know, I'm thankful that as missionaries, we are funded and we are able to live and eat and pay our rent and put gas in the car and do all of those things. But now we are asking people to join us so that we can go forth with our ministry and do more. We want to do more. We want to see stadiums filled. We want to do so many things, tent revivals all around the nation. That's going to cost some money. And I don't want to charge people to come to a tent revival. I want it to be free. And so for it to be free, people have to give first. And so I'm asking you to prayerfully consider partnering with us. Again, shanewinnings.com. You can click on give, and uh, that's a great way to do it. But if you want to get something in return, check out the platform on Faithful. There's three levels of giving, and you get something back um, for your giving. And so it's just a way to say thank you and also to build this community. So let's talk about being a son. Being a son, being a daughter of the Most High God. I have my Bible. I'm going to flip to 1 John. And this is where I've been reading recently, and the Lord has been really speaking to me out of this. If you haven't read 1 John, you really need to. He talks about being a child. Listen to this. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 
Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. This whole book is really talking about what it means to be in the family of God. It is so powerful. And I was talking to the Lord a couple of days ago and I was asking him, what is, what is sonship? Like, can you explain to me what that looks like? And the Lord just began to give me a download of what sonship looks like. And sonship, I was talking to uh, someone who's begun to mentor me. Thank God. I, I, I need it so badly. We all need a mentor. We all need a spiritual father in our life. And so I was constantly reaching out. I was bugging this guy. His name's Corey Russell. And uh, he's just so busy. You know, he's doing so many things. He's got a family. And I was like, man, I need you to father me. I need you to mentor me. I need you in my life. You know, I want to grow. I want to learn. And uh, so we started spending some time together. And he was telling me about sonship. And he said, listen, sonship means you're in the house. You're not on the outside looking in. You're not out in the yard. You're not trying to earn your way inside. You're not trying to do good enough so that, you know, Father will open the door and you can come in. There's nothing you can do to get inside if you're on the outside except believe. But once you've been brought in, a child of, a child of the household stays in the home. They don't stay outside, and they don't get kicked out of the house. The only way you get out of the house is you leave. You reject the family, and you pick up your stuff, and you leave. Other than that, you are in there. You belong there. That is your home. And he was telling me about uh, when Jesus was talking to Peter, and he said, in my father's house, there's many rooms. And, and, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if it wasn't true, I wouldn't tell you that it was. And so he's explaining to Peter, like, listen, there is a place for you. You are going to reside in the Father's house. And it started to click with me. And so I went into the woods um, after that. And I just started praying and started reading First John. And I was like, Lord, will you break this down for me more? And the Lord began to speak to me. And he said that a lot of Christians feel one of two ways. They either feel like because of a wrong identity or maybe maybe you're in sin or maybe you're, you know, you have um, a, a wrong way of thinking. And so because of that, there's shame and guilt and condemnation. And so you separate yourself from God because you don't see that you're worthy. And so you think that you're outside the house. And what that produces is striving because you think you have to work or earn your way back in, or you don't even know if you were ever in in the first place. There's a, but, but then the Lord began to show me a deeper way of thinking that has been hidden. I haven't heard this talked about ever. And he began to explain it to me like this. There are Christians that are in the house, and they know they belong to God, but it stops there. They, they have their own room. You know, they're in the Father's house, they're in their room, and God is inviting them, the Father is inviting them down for a meal, you know, for intimacy. But what happens is, because of cycles of sin, because of shame and guilt and condemnation and wrong ways of thinking and, 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 and wrong identity, we lock ourselves in our room. 
He said, Shane, people lock themselves in their room because they don't feel worthy to come down to the dinner table. They don't want to look me in the eye. And so what happens is the father is waiting to have a meal with us. We're in the house. We, we, we belong to God. We're Christians. There's no question about that. We have eternal life. We have been saved. But we're in our room. We're isolating ourselves. Now, what are we missing out on? The Lord told me this. He said, at the table is love. At the table is encouragement. At the table is intimacy. At the table is correction. At the table might be a hard word, might even be a rebuke, but it's all from love and it all leads to transformation and becoming more like Jesus. And then he began to say something. He said, Shane, sometimes people who lock themselves in their room miss correction. They don't come down. They don't receive the word. And so then what happens is that when they're out in public, they begin to act in a way that is not in alignment with our family values. And I have to correct them. I have to correct them in public, and it's painful, and it's embarrassing, and I don't want to do it. But when they're acting out, I must make the correction. I am a good father. I won't let them act however they want out in public. And he says it breaks my heart because I wanted to make the correction in the safety of home. I wanted to make the correction in private. I wanted to make the correction at the dinner table which the dinner table, to me, it represented intimacy with the Lord. It represented your quiet time with God, where it's just you and Him, and you're getting real with Him. You're, you're opening up your heart. You're confessing anything you've done wrong so that you can clear your conscience. You're repenting for any, any ways of, of thinking or acting that are not in alignment with His Word. And you're asking Him to search you, and you're just you're loving on Him, and you're worshiping. You're spending time with God. And he says, that's the place where I want to make the corrections. But if you don't come down for dinner, I can't do that. And I have to do it out in public. And I was just like, wow, like God is such a good father. He doesn't want people to look bad. He doesn't even want people to, to look bad. He wants, he doesn't want you to go through hardship that is unnecessary, that isn't going to grow you. Now, we are all going to face trials. We're all going to face tribulations. Life is going to be hard. It's never promised to be easy. So when I say that, don't get that confused. I'm talking about hardships that you put on yourself out of disobedience. God says, man, I don't want anyone to go through that. I want to teach them. I want to prevent them from stumbling. Even Paul writes and he says, man, I'm writing this to you so that you do not sin, so that you don't stumble. If you keep this, you will not stumble. And, and God was saying, I am wanting to correct people and lead and guide people in secret because the Bible says if you go and you pray to your father in secret, he'll do what? Reward you in the open. What does being rewarded in the open look like? Well, it's being rewarded with him. His presence with you, his presence inside of you, transforming you to look more like Jesus. What a reward it is to spend time with God in private, and when you're out in public, you look like Jesus. You talk like Jesus. You respond like Jesus. 
not out of your flesh, and then you have things you need to go ask forgiveness for and repent for. And God was showing me all of this is part of being a son and being a daughter for you women. This is what sonship looks like. Coming to the dinner table, having real conversations, letting me lead and guide, and sometimes, if necessary, correct. So don't ever get it mixed up. You're not on the outside looking in. If you're a Christian, you belong to God. Your place is in the house. And the Bible says, and God said, no one is going to snatch these people out of my hand. No one is going to snatch these people away that I've been given. So no one's going to break into God's house and remove you from it. You're not going to... God doesn't expect perfection, but he does call you there. But I want to speak to someone who feels like every time they mess up that they might not be a Christian anymore, that God doesn't forgive them, or that they lose their salvation. You can't lose your salvation. You can reject salvation. To imply that you could lose your salvation is like you could lose a coin. Like like you could just misplace it all of a sudden. That's not going to happen. The only way, biblically, that you would not have salvation is if you walk away, you leave the house, you reject God entirely, and you say, I don't want anything to do with this family anymore. I'm moving out. But I want you to think about this. And and, and, and the reason I say that is this. If you're struggling with something or, or you have a wrong identity of yourself, there should be a fear and a reverence of the Lord, yes. And I don't want to say don't beat yourself up because you need to feel the weight of what you're doing, but it needs to be from a place of understanding that while while your sin is serious, it's serious to God, and it should be serious to you, there is grace, and God is calling you to a higher place. He's calling you to a higher place. He's not condemning you because you've missed it. He's not judging you, and he's not saying, you know what, you've sinned too many times, I'm kicking you out of the family. No. In that regard, you're not going to lose your salvation. Because when you miss it, your heart is breaking. And you don't want to be that way. And you're saying, God, please help me. You know, speak to me. I don't want to talk this way. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to act this way. I don't want to do this thing. I want to be like you. That is the position to have. And we look at the story of the prodigal son. Now, the prodigal son story is amazing because the son came home. He didn't lose his sonship. The father was waiting on him to come home. Now, could the son have stayed gone? Yeah, he could have. And the father would have been waiting forever. The father hasn't changed his mind about the son, but it would have been the son that rejected the family. So we see this prodigal son in arrogance, in pride, in ignorance. He's, he's young. He thinks he knows everything. Much like many of us when we were younger, and maybe even now, people still struggle with that. And at times, we can all struggle with that, and that's why we stay humble. But he says, Dad, give me my inheritance, I'm leaving. And he goes off, and he does his thing. Now, what makes this story amazing is that he comes to the end of himself, he realizes he sinned against his father and God, and he humbles himself and says, maybe I can go back as a servant. And what happens? He comes back to the father with humility and repentance 
And the father says, you've been a son the whole time. I'm so glad you're home. Come back. And throws a big party for him. So if you're a Christian and you've, you've wandered off, or maybe you used to be, you used to call yourself a Christian and you've left, but you felt like you want to come back, but you're not sure how God's going to receive you. I'm telling you, God is ready for you to come back. Come back. Come back into the family. Come back. That is the redemption of the story of the prodigal son, is that he came back. He recognized that he had sinned against his father and God. He says, I have sinned against heaven. That's the most important piece of repentance is you realize, I haven't just sinned against my dad. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against God, the God of the universe. I have sinned against him. Lord, have mercy on me if I could only come back as a servant. Whatever it takes, maybe I could just come back and be in your presence and be in your house. And what happens? The dad's like, you're not going to be a servant. Come on, you're my son. You might have lost sight of your identity, but I never did. The only way that son could have stayed disconnected from that dad and that family forever is if he never came home. And so this message is for you, any prodigal, anyone who's backslidden so far that you've thought about just giving up on the whole thing entirely because there's no way God would forgive you and this and that and all these other lies. No, no, no. Learn from the prodigal son. Now, right now, I believe as I'm speaking, there's a grace over you. Maybe you've been convicted of something you're doing. Or maybe you've just been totally apathetic towards God. But I believe His Holy Spirit is convicting you right now of who you actually are and where you stand with God. And there is a grace for you to repent. Right now, wherever you're at, just repent. Say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I've walked away from you. I'm so sorry that I haven't been living for you. And I want to come back home. I want to be yours again. I want to belong to you. And you need to know this, my friend. You've never not belonged to him. You may have walked away. You may have been deceived. You may have thought you knew what you were doing. But right now, as you repent and as you humble yourself, you will realize that God has been waiting for you to do this all along. He's never changed his mind about you. And so right now, I want to end this and I want to pray that you would stop listening to this podcast in a moment when I finish and just begin to give your heart over to the Lord. Confess to him, return to him, and start doing the things that you did at first. Get back into the word, get back into prayer, get back into church. Surround yourself with godly people and start running after the Lord again. You know what prodigal living is like and it does not satisfy. So don't believe the lie any longer. Listen, you belong to God if you are born again. If you're not born again, you must be born again. That is the only way to inherit eternal life. So please give your life to Jesus Christ today. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you love us so much. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the right to become children of God to those who believe in your name. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for us to be restored back to the Father by your blood. Lord, I pray for every person listening that has run away, that has deliberately turned their back on you, or that has backslidden and has found themselves in a place they never thought they'd be and they're unsure. Lord, I thank you that you have never changed your mind about them. And I thank you, God, that right now, as they repent, as they humble themselves, as they confess what they've done, and as they return to you, you are ready with open arms. You haven't demoted them to servant. They are still your child. 
And so I thank you, Father, that your grace, it doesn't even make sense to us. Your grace covers our sin even when we feel like we deserve hell. You said, no, I'm going to give you life. Lord, I bless this person. I pray that you would put deep, deep roots of revelation about their sonship and what it means to belong to you and be in this family. I bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen.